0: Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And on this week's episode, it's a look back at some of the most eye-catching digital trinkets from CES and a look forward to what lies in store in 2023. And I'm joined by Dentsu International's Head of Addressable Media, Josje van der Boss and Jessica Breslav, Chief Customer Officer, Index Exchange. We, of course, cover all the smellable, foldable and semi-remarkable innovations to emerge from CES at the start of the year and quickly get into 2023 being characterised as a year of uncertainty, if video will continue to be a huge driver of overall digital ad spending and their sense for where retail media will land in the UK this year. As I said, it's CES where we start, and with what caught Jess's attention in Las Vegas.
1: You know, I have to tell you, it was my first CES in a really long time. Was it? Okay. And yeah, and it just felt so good to be back. The event itself was really well attended and it's just such a nice place to see familiar faces Mm. and, you know, colleagues and people just that you haven't seen in a long time. And in other ways, just kind of like to validate your thinking for the year. I left feeling like our plan and our focus for 2023 was right on track. And so, that was pretty exciting. And it again, it was just so nice to be back at CES this year with everyone there.
0: And did you get swayed at all? Because when I've been many years ago, there's some halls you can get into where it's all, you know, the sort of connected beds and there's all the auto And you're a bit like, what do I make of this? What on earth? How do I sort of compute this back into what we're doing this year?
1: Yeah, you know, it was wild and it was definitely <laughs> in force. I think the best way to approach CES is with focus, you know, if you have a plan you can usually execute against it
0: you need a plan because it's very easy to get uh, yeah you to need get a lost. plan
1: that's right
0: well i find saying it's the first one back in person since well probably 2020 something like that
1: i think so yeah
0: so people are literally you know just can't wait to touch and smell each other again and all that kind of thing it's such a hard <laughs> thing to do virtually right
1: yeah, the halls were full. Meetings were full. Nice. There was a lot of excitement. You know, people were just really happy to be together and I think talk about the world and mm. business and what's going on. So it was a really great way to start the year.
0: Yeah, probably a good omen as everything does sort of feel normal in inverted commas as we all start to get back into things. Yoshi, you weren't in the desert. You weren't in Las Vegas. I wonder no. if you read anything that came out of CS that caught your eye.
2: Yeah, definitely. And of course, we had good attendance there from mm-hmm. colleagues and clients. So I did get some some major outtakes. And I think there's a couple of things that are really interesting. First of all, is that it seems to be that sustainability is finally a priority for all companies out there. Although also, I guess, for our industry, it feels like... We're just at the beginning of that journey, but I think, and there's much more to learn, but it's good to see that's such an important topic that we see back. So that's one. Yeah. And then generally, I think for me, I always find it difficult to understand the impact of all those yeah newest and developments and apply them on my own life and not just like personally, but also in the work, work life. And then things like holograms or augmented reality, those are the things that I could see, you know, with yeah, yes. a global role could really be beneficial yeah. in the future as well.
0: So when you're looking at things globally, I really want to touch on sustainability days. because I think it's such a good point. It feels like in our world advertisers have put the focus rightly on things like supply chain, on materials they're using to package things, the stuff they're putting into things. And now the scrutiny is really coming on to... to the whole advertising chain. How do we get that bit right? Because I guess it's it's just another thing in digital. I guess that's very going to be very quite complicated to measure. That you know, we've been through this with things like you know viewability, with things like brand safety, with fraud, all of those things, and now this one feels like it's kind of another challenge. There, how do we yeah. make sure we're measuring it properly?
2: Yeah, that's a good, a really good point. I think. And it it needs starts with well I think we will touch upon transparency as well but it mm-hmm. starts with transparency and measurement and definitely in acknowledging that there's more than just the general metrics that we are often still looking at like impressions or price or clicks mm-hmm. or there is good data sources out there now that tell us something about our carbon emissions uh, but also disinformation or yeah to what extent privacy or consumer data is protected so i guess it, it starts with measurement and think more about those new metrics and opening up yeah. first before you can actually act upon them of course
0: yeah it's always a good barometer for these things when you see Dedicated businesses that are being set up to measure this kind of thing, and I know that you know there's a whole bunch of different businesses that are now cropping up, that are saying you know we can measure this, you know, from a sustainability point of view. So it's always quite a good measure when it starts to when it starts to come on people's radar. We kind of touched on the networking bit, Jess, and the maybe the business side. Any really out there kind of wacky, probably going to happen in ten years time type stuff at CES.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at CES, it's probably no surprise that (laughs) the future of TV technology came up a bunch, you know, thinking about brands making their own televisions and, you know, AI-based advertising and just the future of streaming are all things that you know, behold some really interesting opportunities for the future. I will say I probably had the most fun talking about chat GPT. I think everybody yes. is probably fooling around with that right now. Yeah. And the capabilities and quite frankly the potential there mm. is pretty unbelievable.
0: I saw a fantastic quote on Chat GPT because I think it's like that cycle, isn't it? I think everyone went completely mad for it. You start playing around with it. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, this thing's amazing. And then suddenly we got very panicked. I'm like, God, there's loads of jobs that are going to go. It, you know, if I'm a comms manager and I just write coffee, I'm, you know, I haven't got a career. And then suddenly we've kind of worked out the best quote I saw in it was the best use for chat GPT is to figure out ways of doing the really boring stuff for humans so that humans <laughs> can focus on being creative. We shouldn't get the sort of the robots to be the creative bit, but. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. Without speculating, wild. of course, about you know Microsoft making big big investments, DeepMind. I think today I read something are going to, but it just feels like this thing's going to move really quickly now, which is amazing. Thank Application for us. You mentioned TV, and we, we should probably, we should definitely talk about the future of TV. Give us a sense of where Index are at, Jess, on advanced TV, connected TV, however you guys talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is front and center for Index. It has been for quite some time. We spent the better half of last year really focusing on direct premium supply and ensuring that you know buyers had access to supply that was interesting. And you know, beyond that, the tech is also an area that we really focused on making sure that all of the proper signaling and targeting was front of mind. And so we enter 2023 with an incredibly strong CTV narrative in the space. And, you know, it's an area that I know our buyers are really excited about and our partners are really excited about. And so, you know, that for us will be a major growth driver for mm. 2023 for sure.
0: How excited are you about it, Yosha?
2: Yeah, same, I guess. <laughs> it's been one of those things where yeah the growth of this channel has been amazing in the past years and i think our advertisers are also really excited about those yeah. new opportunities big companies like netflix now also opening up with their hybrid ad supporting model and yeah so many new things and we're continuously of course also evaluating those new techniques and measurement with those partners and as yes, that's also our main focus because as an yeah. agency we're of course facilitating partnerships but also yeah measurement again and the complexity of this landscape is something to watch out for yeah
0: i'm fascinated by how you guys organize as an agency because i think with anything where you know once upon a time it was traditional and has become digital i remember mm-hmm. from my agency days you'd have a you know effectively a tv or an av team of buyers that traditionally bought tv You have mm-hmm. a bunch of digital people who could kind of plan and buy it You then have this different skill set, which is kind of born out of search people who can now buy programming. Are they the people that buy it? So not only is there complexity in the actual thing itself, it's like how it's bought, how you plan it. And I guess you've got this amazing bird's eye view in your role of, of how it all plays out.
2: Yeah, yeah, correct. And that's also what, with addressable media, what we really try to achieve is like driving that integration. Because yes, I guess addressability is the future, but we're not there yet. And it's all about integrating those different skill sets across teams in order to, yeah, be able to deliver those solutions that our clients are looking for, right? Like we shouldn't be, uh, Just within our silo of programmatic or social or AV, but it's really time for us to step out and to go for those integrated solutions. Yeah, same goes in for things like programmatic out of home or Mm. all those new possibilities out there.
0: Yeah, just to roll back a tiny bit on on video, Jess. In the UK, with our ad spend study, I mean, video has always been the story of ad spend, always been the story of growth. I get that video and mobile. For the first time in the second half of last year, we did see a slight, slight slowing in video. And I'm wondering if that's something or any thoughts you've got around that. I mean, is that a sort of a marker for how we think about video now? Because it just feels like there's, we talk about advanced TV, we talk about, you know, almost everything is video enabled now. So it was a bit of a surprise to us. And I wonder if there's a bigger trend there or... Maybe it's just a blip. We're getting used to blips and anomalies yeah. now, aren't we?
1: <laughs> Impossible to predict. I think this is <laughs> the best way to predict things these days. You know, my feeling is that video will be front and center mm. this year. It's absolutely our you know top priority at Index. And a lot of that comes from the shift that we're seeing across all of our customers across the exchange whether it be publishers or DSPs or, or agencies, Mm. we've absolutely seen, you know, trend continue. And I think it will can, you know, continue into, to, 2023 for sure and you know you had made a comment about ctv and i think that it's absolutely influencing some of that shift towards video where you know their shift or advertisers in general are shifting to premium video because of its quality right their sound it's non-skippable most people will see them and you see linear dollars starting to shift to digital and you know These high quality ad units are now becoming available at scale. I think you can see everything kind of leaning more towards CTV and video is very much, you know, the impetus of that.
0: Listeners won't be able to see Yosha, but you're nodding vigorously, (laughs) violently in agreement. We're aligned. This is why we're partners. We're aligned. (laughs) (laughs) But still exciting for you guys.
2: It's definitely exciting. Like I said earlier, it's front and center for us, for our partners and for advertisers. So really excited as well about the developments this year.
0: And skipping on to another area of growth and somewhere we're going to make a huge bet this year is retail media. The idea of, you know, retailers that we shop with every day, every week, have long relationships with. Uh, suddenly sort of crossing that and transitioning into becoming media owners, not just selling stuff on their own sites, but, you know, using all this amazing first price data to buy it elsewhere, connected stores. Jess, in the States, you're, you know, light years ahead of probably where we are. We're kind of more at the beginning of the, uh, of the journey. Give us an idea of how big retail media is in the States, because it's really big business, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a massive business. I think part of what makes it so interesting and so exciting is that there's just a lot that falls into retail media. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because it's so broad, you know, there are various pieces that, you know, potentially will be pretty big accelerators. They're, you know, growing at different paces, probably for different reasons. For me, when I think about it, you know, if retailers can make their data available in a privacy safe way, Mm -hmm. I think it can be great for driving in store sales or possibly thinking about new revenue streams. You know, think about like a Walmart. Right. Driving sales is probably more important than the money they can make from media or data. But it's not to say that it's not interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Right. Or if retailers maybe have additional revenue streams, it might help them compete for consumers. And so, you know, overall, just the different opportunities and how broad the space is makes retail media really interesting. And I think is why we'll keep talking about it for sure across the Americas and beyond in, in 2023.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if there's some sort of headwinds at play as well. You know, re- recession wise means that, you know, every single pound or dollar or euro is being counted there. Yep. And when you've got, you know, these amazing retail meters you can you basically tell everything, That whole closing attribution is useful. And, you know, certainly for, for us anyway in Google they are going to take away third-party cookies this year. You know, there's this whole emphasis on first-party data on context, which is, you know, where they're going to play really well. What's your take, josha on retail media? Big bet for Dentsu?
2: Yeah, as so, well. Yeah, I think one of those other growth areas mm. that we have a major focus on, I think what's going to be interesting is to really open up for also not just the lower funnel, but also the upper funnel 100%. opportunities. Mm. So I think initiatives like, I think Critio announced earlier this week that they will now ingest their shopper data into connected TV country so that those examples really show that we should indeed look beyond just maybe the general perception of what retail media is. So that's really interesting. I think, again, from an agency perspective, the fragmentation and complexity is going to be something for us to tackle. So we need to be really mindful of that. So allowing for that innovation and for testing new things, but also being really aware of the measurement framework that we have in place with clients to make sure that how and what we buy is really integrated into that full picture.
0: The point on the bottom of the funnel is such a good one. So I think it's almost a trap we always fall into with anything new in digital. You just immediately mm-hmm. go to that very accountable bit at the bottom of the funnel, which is I could just drive lots of actions or sales. Yes, anything becomes addressable. That's kind of the most comfortable, easy place to get to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I think it's doing that that work on like, digital can credibly build brands as well. Do, uh, do yeah. It bottom.
2: Exactly and I think well if we learned one thing from earlier recessions and I think like we shouldn't be talking only about the recession mm. that's coming but is that also brands that kept investing in brand yeah. during these difficult times those are the ones that come out best so i hope and that's maybe more hope than a prediction (laughs) is that we will also see applications of retail media connected tv not just on the performance space but also the brand
0: a word on transparency so i guess a a bit away from growth but more into the sort of the the nitty-gritty of digital advertising transparency is still a huge focus in in the uk there's been a huge study between isbar at pwc where you know at the very start of that process to years that they identified a a, you know a big delta in terms of stuff that was missing. That delta's now got smaller. We know that match rates are up. So a way more positive story in terms of transparency does genuinely feel like collectively the industries come together and we've really got this thing sorted are you sensing there's more confidence Josha, with advertisers around programmatic advertising
2: i think we're getting there it's definitely not always where we should be yeah and it's also i think that was also one of the conclusions from the study that we all have a role to play like yeah it's not something one like a dsp or an ssp or yeah. a publisher can solve alone i think it's positive to see that indeed that delta went down but yeah that's not where it stops and I think we will continue to have to push for a better access to data. I think, yeah, again, from our perspective, what we need to keep doing is not rely on the technology, but yeah. keeping our eyes open. There's lots of data available, but it's also really about bringing those data source together, match them and look for those discrepancies. It all that reminds me from the time when I used to work for a DSP and my role there was to look at the traffic streams on DSP level and Really, when you're that deep into the low level data, those, that's the moment where you can really find those weird sources or, yeah. and then use that data to go to find out where that origin comes from. Like what's going on there? I have a conversation with tech partners, with publishers, yeah. with buyers yeah. to fix the problem.
0: And Jess is, yep. I sense some nice restlessness from Yosha and it feels like it's work <laughs> in progress, which is good. Would you share that?
1: Yeah, I think what Yosha said probably describes it perfectly. We all have a role to play. Transparency and accountability are absolutely essential to growth and sustainability of our industry. And, you know, it's table stakes. It shouldn't be a differentiator. And so, you know, if I think about customers, they should be taking auditing really seriously and, you know, working with partners that they absolutely trust and holding their partners accountable. You know, I think brands and publishers can continue to just make sure that across all aspects of the programmatic supply chain that you know we're taking action and you know for all of the things that I've started we definitely have a long ways to go but yeah. ultimately I think this study shows that we're moving in a positive direction yeah. and that's good for all of us in the industry for sure
0: well from one set of table stakes to another and that's brand safety and suitability which I guess I think through the lens of some of our news brand members has been you know fairly tough you know particularly you know UK with Well, starting with things like Brexit, and then you had COVID, you know, we've got this awful conflict in Ukraine. There's not a lot of positivity in the news cycle. And my sense has always been, I wonder how nervous advertisers are around that, particularly with news brands and and publishers. But Jess, it's still sort of so important to get right and still such an important message, I think, to carry through to your customers about, we don't want blanket keyword blocking. We can't have this stuff. We've got to fund these publishers if we want them to still be there and still be options on a media plan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Brand safety is paramount. I think it will only continue to be paramount Mm -hmm. as our industry evolves. You know, in some ways, I think that brands do hold a great deal of power when it comes to their marketing budgets, and they need to absolutely demand that super high standards are met. It's wonderful that, you know, there are more tools that are becoming available to help inspect supply chain and, you know, thinking about things like ads.txt or, you know, sellers.json, like there's ways for brands to hold partners accountable. We are incredibly proud of how we focus on brand safety and protect our customers. It's about, you know, honestly setting sky high standards and living by those words every single day.
0: And you guys are holding all of your partners to account, Yosha. I mean, it's well up the priority list for you guys is what I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, obviously. We have, of course, relationships with the global organizations out there that help support us to put frameworks around it. So yeah, in everything we do as well, partner selection, media investments are there. And I think what you've seen lately is quite big statements out there about like news is definitely brand safe. And I think it links back to that sustainability question again as well. Like if we want to move to a more sustainable advertising industry and we need to also invest in the independent news channels for them to be able to build quality news. So yeah, it's not always an easy question, but it's definitely something to also have open conversations about. And
0: the more I read about subscriptions, I mean, we talked about Netflix earlier, right? I mean, like, it's just not sustainable for me to have 15, 20 subscriptions of things, which are mainly media things, like actually an internet publishers that are funded through advertising okay, the advertising isn't always the best thing in the world, but that's kind of on us to make it better. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's this sort of sustainable world where everyone's just got 20 subscriptions to things and everyone can survive off a subscription. We know we've reached that point where, you know, Mm -hmm. people kind of have a ceiling and the ad fondant model is one that needs to win out it would be remiss of me not to ask you to make some predictions at the very start of 2023 i have jess's words ringing loud in my ears from her opening line which is it's impossible to predict anything but it's exactly what i'm going to ask you to do to close the episode jess i don't know if you want to go first because you've been exposed to sort of the weird and wonderfulness of, of las vegas so what big prediction for this year something that your sort of confidence going to happen and is a big bet for you guys
1: yeah for sure i think you know I stand by my words. It is going to be a tough year to make some big sweeping predictions. But I think that there are probably some interesting themes that will absolutely emerge. I think probably the first one is just creativity and prioritization, right? As we enter into a year that's a little bit uncertain, as partners are faced with budget constraints or resource constraints or whatever it might be, or a combination of those, both of those things, it's like the perfect recipe for creative thinking and partnering. And so, I have a feeling some really interesting partnerships and relationships will come about, um, The second one I'd say is just improving transparency across Mm -hmm. the supply chain. Marketers need to know how their dollar is being spent and what that looks like. And partners that can provide that, I think, will be the big winners. And maybe even to bring it full circle here, I really think it's going to be all about video. We are all in on video, and I think many others are as well.
0: Yeah, nice. And when you say creativity, we're not boshing stuff into ChatGPT to work it out for us. This is like (laughs) human I mean, you never know. Maybe
1: we are. (laughs) Maybe all of my answers today were from ChatGPT. You never know.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'm talking to an AI. This is like, this is. You a, might be. You might be. You'll we never know. <laughs> just switch this up <laughs> out for a hologram and to. I think, the final word is with you. Big bets for you this year in terms of. Well,
2: again, like I'm totally with just yes, that it's impossible to predict. It's a
0: mug's uh, game. <laughs> it
2: is. But I do think is that we will see more interesting applications of AI than we can probably think of today. So that would be the uh, one thing. And then next to the general growth areas that we do expect and that we discussed already in connected TV and also retail media. I do hope. And that's so that's like more like a hope than a prediction that we will also continue to see focus on brand because we know that those brands that will focus on brand will come out
0: 100%. We really need them to kind of hold their nerve fight off those CFOs who are saying cut the cut the brand stuff I just want the accountable stuff
2: exactly
0: amazing thank you both so much what a great way to start the year we started out at CES and we've kind of come full circle to some exciting stuff but thank you very much for giving me some time
1: it was a pleasure thank you thank you for having us
0: Dentsu Internationals Yosha van der Boss and Jess Breslav from Index Exchange there I really like Josha's take on programmatic and how it can continue to thrive. In her view, that's not just about relying on the technology, but as she brilliantly put it, about keeping our eyes open. And I think with all the ongoing debate around AI and chat GPT, what human things it can do better or replace, keeping our very human eyes open, I think is fairly sage advice, isn't it? That's it for this week. If you're enjoying the pod, I'd love it if you took one minute to rate it and leave a review wherever you're listening the more people the podcast can reach the bigger and better the episodes can get thanks to yosha and to jess and thank you for listening iob uk building sustainable future for digital advertising